All right, let's get started. Welcome to our monthly How to Build a $10 Million Business. Today we have with us Dan O'Connell from Dan O'Connell and Associates at Layer Realty out of our Drake at Mass office. Uh, every year for probably the last eight years, Dan has been the highest performing uh, agent within the brokerage. And he probably doesn't even know his stats from 2022, but he closed out the year at just over $90 million in sales volume uh, for the team. So uh, we have lots of questions for Dan and welcome. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Oh, my pleasure. Looking forward to it. So can you start by giving everybody just a little background, how long you've been in the business, um, how you got into business and what you love about the business okay so i'll uh i'll, I'll start with so i'm, I'm going to take a step back so basically i worked my way through college at ups and i ended up staying at ups once i graduated and you know slowly rose the ladder you know the corporate ladder at ups and one of the last things they do before they you know have you go full-time management is they make you go out on the road so i went on the road for four years being a, you know i was a ups driver and I got to see what my daily life would be like. And once I had my first son, he was about two months old and I realized, holy crap. I go, if I stay in this corporate world, I will never be able to have any kind of flexibility. I'll never be able to go to his game or, um, you know, coach his team and so on and so forth. Because, um, you know, I, I was, I recognized, hey, when I left in the morning, he was sleeping. When I came home at night, he was sleeping. And I'm like, how am I ever going to be able to do what my dad did for me when I was a kid? So, you know, my wife, uh, you know, I had a chat with her and we decided to um, look at other avenues and I ended up falling into real estate kind of by accident. Um, but I basically fell into it and, and uh, realized that what a flexible business it can be for you. But you also have to be very um, regimented and structured uh, in order to make things work. You know, I basically would meet people and, you know, uh, if, if they wanted to meet me at six o'clock, I'd let them know, hey, listen, I can't do six, but I can do 830 because my son has, uh, you know, a game or whatever. But, you know, I've always loved this business because I can work my business around my kids' schedules. Uh, so that's, you know, that's kind of what I you know did before and what I'm doing now. It's kind of how I got into it, and, you know, by accident, really. So I'm curious, you've been through lots of different types of real estate markets, and we're heading into a different real estate market than we've experienced over the last two years. I'm curious, what are you telling people about this current market? All right. So obviously, I've been in since 98. So I've seen a few cycles, you know, uh, some, you know, some uh, different ones, you know, I, I always, basically, what I tell people is, listen, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't pretend to have one. So if it's the right time to sell, then sell, you know, um, you know, I always tell people that, especially the buyers, I'll sit with them and, and listen, is this going to be your three year home, five, 10, 15, 20, 30, you know, and they got to look at it like that. Cause I fell victim to that. When I bought my brand new house in 04, I told my wife, I said, listen, I go, this is our 30 year house. So it doesn't matter what happens over the next three years. Cause we're kind of 0405, I kind of had an inkling that things were, you know, a little bit crazy, um, that something could happen. So literally within three years, my house was worth about 60,000 less than what I bought it for. But I didn't care because, um, 
I was going to be there for 30 years. So I use my personal experience, you know, as an example to people and, you know, to kind of talk them through this. Um, so sellers, obviously, it's, it's a great time to buy. You know, I tell them that um, because they're getting top dollar. Uh, even right now, I just lost out an offer uh, two days ago. Um, well, actually, it was a team member. They went 70000 over asking price and didn't get it. So there's still a lot of craziness going on in this market. Um, so sellers, I'm definitely telling you, you know, still now's the time to sell. And buyers, obviously, I just, you know, educate them and just tell them about my own experience. And, and you know, if they're looking to get in, get asked within two years, it's probably not the time to buy them. But um, there's still some, there's, look, there's always deals out there. You just got to look for them. You, you know, you got to work hard. One of the things that's interesting about your business is you go out and try all kinds of stuff as far as marketing. Do you have any advice for agents? Like, is it a good idea to buy leads or how do you know, like, how do you know whether to sign up for the next shiny marketing program that promises leads? What's your advice? Okay. So I'm a big believer in referral uh, companies. Okay. If you can join a referral company where you're paying, say, 25 to 35% for, for a referral for a seller or a buyer, I think you're much better off. When I got into this business, I had zero money. So um, I did open houses. So I literally did four a weekend for two years straight. And that's no lie. Um, that's all I did was open houses. And that allowed me to not have to spend money on you know lead generation. Um, I know a lot of people do Zillow. I get it. Um, but it's not something I'm comfortable with. I don't like paying for leads, uh, but I do not mind at all doing referral companies. And Stacy, in your booklet, you know, in the startup booklet, there are referral companies in there. There's about 30 of them, I think, that you have in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I challenge everybody on this list, you know, have you guys signed up for every single company? Um, if you haven't, then go do it because I get leads out of those companies just about every week. You know, um, I, I'm closing on one uh, this month, you know, it ended up being a $620,000 deal. So um, it's worth it. You know, uh, I would much rather do that than pay for some of these leads. I mean, I've tried it all. I've tried Z-Buyer leads. I've tried Bold leads. Uh, you name it. I've tried just about everything out there. Set schedule. Um, there was a bunch of leads programs that I've tried and uh, I've gotten rid of. Right now, I am not paying for any leads is strictly referrals, referral companies. Uh, By the way, so first of all, one question, when you first started back in 1998, you were doing four open houses a weekend. How did you get those open houses? Because those weren't your listings at first. I I had no listings. I went to everybody in the office and said, listen, you know, um, can I do an open house for you? Everybody was, of course, like, when you've been in the business for 15, 20 years, you really don't want to be doing open houses or working weekends if, if, you, if you don't have to. But um, I went to all the experienced agents, you know, like uh, Gary Trouville, for example. Uh, uh, back then, Mary Midgley was around. There was a bunch of agents in, in, in that office. Um, but I went to all the experienced pros and said, listen, I want to do open houses. And that's, that's what I did. Um, I used to schedule from 12 to 2 and then 2.30 to 4.30. I gave myself a half an hour travel time. Um, but that's what I did. I, I found a pattern where people would go to the first one. I'd see them at the second one on Saturday, and then I'd see them one or two more times on Sunday. And it got to the point where people, they saw me everywhere and they thought I was this 
you know, unbelievable agent, you know, I had all these, you know, they saw me everywhere. So people got to know me, like me and trust me because they saw me all the time. And, you know, even if people came in, they said they had agents, you know, I just, if they're there, you know, I always say, listen, if you have questions, I'm here for you. But I can't tell you how many times people ended up saying, listen, my agent, you know, doesn't answer my phone call, whatever. They end up picking me as their agent after, you know, um, I never went after that business, but they came to me, you know, after the fact, but, um, you know, get out there, you know, it, what are you doing on a Saturday or Sunday? You know, this, this is, it's a great way to get business, you know. And just to be clear, because when you go to a high performing real estate agent who has listings, you weren't like sending one email and saying, I want to do your open house and then waiting to see if you get a reply. How, so what was the process? So again, this is 1998. We had Tuesday morning meetings, okay, mm -hmm. where, you know, we used to go around to everybody's new listing, we used to do caravans and stuff. So again, back then we were in the office and that's even to today, I'm still a big being in the office guy. Um, I used to, you know, when I first started, I had nothing going on. So I would get there, say 80, 30 every day, and I'd stay there 5, 5.30, even if I had nothing going on. What I did was I learned everything I could about the business. I read, and back then I had a laptop. Um, I would read everything I could on realtor.com, realtor.org, you know, um, anything I could, I would read it. And I would study the market, you know, so I knew every single house in Drake, what the price was, I knew everything so that um, when I was at party, you know, uh, people would, would find out I'm in real estate and we could talk about it. And I, like I said, I, I knew every single property back then. It was, you know, back uh, 98, 99, it was probably 50 or 60 listings, but I knew them cold because I had nothing else going on. So that's what I did. I studied everything about the market. One of the things that's really interesting about you, you're one of the highest performing agents within the brokerage. And I want to know what your experience is with working with other real estate agents, because my experiences with you is that when somebody, when your phone rings, you answer it, which I think is highly unusual in this business. What are your thoughts? Well, you hit, you hit the nail on the head there. So I had a gentleman in Chumshit call me about a month ago and he said, wow, he's like, you answered your phone. I'm like, well, yeah, you called me. And he said, you're the seventh agent I called off of Google. And you're the only one that picked up your phone. So I got the listing. We're closing actually the 20th, which what, next week. Um, it all it's just from picking up my phone. I, I'm amazed at how many agents don't pick up their phone. Um, you know, my voicemail, if I don't pick up, it'll go to my assistant. Um, but, you know, I typically will pick up every call I can and granted there's a ton of garbage calls you get, but you know, I, I literally, if I know it's a, a sales call, you know, uh, from some spam guy, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll end that quick, mm -hmm. uh, but I pick up my phone as much as I can. And I strongly suggest everybody do the same because there's, if you want to set yourself apart, answer your phone. It's pretty simple. Things I do in my business, it, it it's nothing like, um, earth shattering. It's just, you know, it's doing the basics. Mm -hmm. So you have a couple of different niche businesses that you do. So for example, 
before the program today, I was telling Dan, I get requests every single day through our happy agent system of agents that say, I want to be involved in bank owned and foreclosure business, et cetera. And you do get that business and you have for, I don't know, more than a decade. And do you have advice for agents that say, I want to, I want to get some of that business? Yeah, so if, if, if it's okay we say so, I'll go into this a little bit. So back when 9-11 hit, okay, uh, basically the real estate market stalled for about eight, nine weeks. You know, everybody was in shock. Um, so as a newer agent, only having, you know, three years under my belt, I was panicking. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I have two kids now, you know, that are, you know, under four years old. I need to, you know, make sure that I can provide for them, so on and so forth. So I sat and I, and I, you know, just brainstormed like, all right, what sells in a good market? What sells in a bad market? What can I do? So back then I, I stumbled upon BPOs, broker price opinions. So I started doing that just to make sure I had a consistent paycheck, you know, every week, month, whatever it might've been back then. Um, so I was doing, you know, BPOs for 40, $50 a piece. And that actually kind of had me stumble onto the REO business. Now, listen, REO, the REO business is very difficult and you don't make a lot of money. I'm going to tell you straight up, but it does open up avenues, you know, because you get, you get, you know, obviously you get buyer calls. Um, 99% of the time I'm making a lot less than the buying agent selling house. So say it's a, you know, they're getting three, you know, three apples. I'm getting two and I'm paying out a referral fee to that company too for that listing. So, you know, if you, if you get, if you want to get into the, the foreclosure business and think you're going to make money, it's, it's, listen, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of hassle. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I got to be at an eviction from, you know, 9am to 5pm waiting. Um, you know, we got to meet the this, this, this sheriff then the moving companies there. Typically, you know, we're there all day uh, for this stuff, but um, knock on wood, it has been a good, you know, part of my business. If anybody's interested Listen, my phone is always on. If you guys want to come meet me at the office, I would love to meet with you. I could talk to you about it. I like to do that around 8 a.m. in the morning if you guys are interested. But, um, you know, it's it's not what everybody thinks. You know, it, it's it uh, people that say they want to get into it. Let's sit down. But it's like I said, it's not always what people think it is. Do you mind sharing a few years ago? So you're super highly successful in real estate and you ended up venturing into a different type of business. Any feedback you have for other high performing real estate agents that say, you know what, I'm going to go try something else. What kind of advice do you have? Yeah. So it's no mistake. Oh, it's no you know secret. You know, I, I had to fall, I'd fallen in love with the concept of owning a restaurant. I wanted to own a bunch of restaurants. So I had actually initially looked into five guys franchise and, uh, cause I was trying to diversify myself. And, uh, so I, I had stumbled onto, um, a gentleman who used to work for Remax back in the day. He was selling franchise franchises for this one particular brand. And I ended up getting into that big mistake. And, you know, I was, I was in and out of there in a year and a half, but I had, uh, about three quarters of a million dollars. I ended up losing into that business. And I kicked myself because, you know, obviously uh, I could have bought so many more rental properties, you know, with that money. Uh, that's like one of my biggest mistakes, obviously, uh, that I've made in my career is, you know, 
not investing more into this business, you know, um, like, you know, rental properties. I, mm -hmm. I should have bought more when I was in 1999, 2000, 2001. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, like I said, I got, I got caught. Uh, how do you market? So how do you keep your name out there? Besides the fact that you have a lot of for sale signs everywhere, what other things do you do to market regularly? Um, I'll be honest. I don't do a ton of other like marketing. Um, I did, I did try to get a, a billboard recently, but, um, I was beat out mm -hmm. on that billboard. So I was, I am actually starting to, to branch out to different things, but I, I do a lot of local stuff, you know, uh, where I, you know, um, sponsor local teams, things like that, you know, um, but between social media and, you know, uh, being in the town I was born in, mm -hmm. you know, so I do business here. I was raised here. Um, so you know, I've immersed myself in, in, in this town, basically. Mm -hmm. you know? So uh, I don't do a ton of marketing, um, but you're going to see that change very soon because I've actually recently just signed a few contracts that are going to gonna come out with a spray. You also, as a part of your niche business, you tend to have uh, builders that seek you out. They want to work with you because they believe you will get their property sold for more money. How do you, how do you get builders to call you? Well, when I first started in the business, here's one thing, you know, agents can do is just go search up the land, you know, go look the land and, you know, reach out to the homeowners or the landowners. And, you know, if you can control the land, then obviously, you know, you can have some say with the builders, you know? Um, so that's what I did in the beginning was I did a lot of land searching too. Um, and, you know, at one point, obviously uh, I had a partner, we were building homes ourselves, but I got out of that business too, um, around, you know, the 08 timeframe. Uh, it just didn't make much sense anymore, but uh, you know, it's something where if you, have something that the builder wants obviously they want to work with you so um i'm not afraid to you know knock on somebody's door or, or you know go go seek somebody out to try to get the, the builder a deal you mm -hmm. know so, um i've had you know doors slammed in my face you know um you just could, you can't be afraid of talking to people you know you got to be willing to go get that deal for the builder and maybe that, that could be one of the reasons why i don't, I don't you know don't mind doing a little extra work um, networking, trying to find out who owns what and so on and so forth. Do you ever get in a funk where there's just not a lot of business coming in? And if you do, how do you get out of it? Stacy, that's a great question. It's so easy. Just book a vacation. Because hmm. every time I go on vacation, either right before people are calling me or, you know, during last week I was in Aruba um, and literally got a call from uh, somebody looking to sell they interviewed four agents. Um, I wasn't there, but I, had, I sent my assistant. I just went and met her yesterday and we got the contract. So, um, you know, it, like I said, it, you know, I explained to her, right? I called her from Aruba, talked to her and just let her know, hey, listen, I'm away. Um, but I will, you know, I can have my assistant call you, you know, and we ended up making everything work and she was happy. And, and uh, we beat up three other agents. I was the fourth agent. That's awesome. Again, from Google. So one of the things that you did back when you were a newer real estate agent, 
uh, you used to constantly travel the state, like meeting with high performing real estate agents. How much do you think that impacted your business? It, 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 you know what? It impacted me a ton because I looked at these people and I'm like, wow, how are they doing this? You know? And then as I got to meet everybody, like you remember Candy Owen, right? Mm -hmm. um, I looked at this woman and I'm like, oh my God, like this woman's doing an incredible amount of business. Why can't I do this? Mm -hmm. you know, um, she was very gracious with her time. She was just one of them. Uh, everybody else is drawing a blank for some reason. But yeah, I met with a lot of different people. Um, every time that list came out, that top 25 list, I'd look at it and I'd make calls and some people were great. Other people were, you know, they were too busy, you know, but um, I cherish my time with those people because it basically said, hey, listen, you know, you just got to work hard and you can do this. Mm -hmm. you know, again, if you ever heard the George Bush, you know, uh, he had a commencement speech one time, you know, even a C plus student or, you know, could be a president someday or whatever, something like that, to, the, to that effect. Like, that's me. Uh, you know, that really rings true. I was a C student in, in high school and in, in college. But you can, if you work hard, things can, can happen for you. Um, you just got to be willing to put in that time and, and energy and effort and be consistent. That's the key. Do you find that in this business, there are a lot of agents that would like to be doing the business that you do? And what's holding them back is their own excuses. They love that they, they, they make excuses as to why they can't do it. How do you prevent yourself from making excuses? And what do you see? Do you see other people doing it? Um, yeah, I see a lot of people making excuses. I mean, listen, I, I'm living proof right here. <laughs> if I can do this, then anybody can, because there's a lot, there's a lot of people that are way smarter than I am. Um, but maybe they don't you know, want to put in the extra hours or, you know, um, like my day literally starts at 5.30. You know, I hit my home gym. Um, when I'm working out, uh, I'll listen to motivational things, whether it's real estate, politics, um, you know, just a lot of different things. I, I try to be well-rounded, like with today's what's going on, because obviously when you're talking to clients or whatever, it, it's good to have a, a well-rounded thing, but, you know, I'll stop my day like that and you know, um, I'm very consistent in my day. Um, what was the question again, Stacey? <laughs> like not allowing for excuses. Oh, yeah, excuse, yeah. So if you're consistent, okay, in your routine, okay, things will happen for you. What I see a lot with agents, they'll come on gangbusters for two weeks or a week, you know, and you'll see them in the office putting a lot of time in, but then they fade right off. You know, you get, like you said, that the whole 30 day thing, you can do something 30 days to make it a habit. You know, um, you got to keep pushing through no matter how hot it is. You don't want to get up at that 530 in the morning or, or whatever. You just got to do it. You got to set your mind to it and you got to, you got to stick to it. Like, you know, I'm usually here till five, five thirty every day. Um, you know, again, I'm always doing something, you know, to, to further my business. Um, like people, I, I see it all the time. They just don't put the time in. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a time where, you know, the office will get busy from say 11 to two. And then it's a ghost town before then, it's a ghost, it's a ghost town after that. You know, uh, again, I know some people like to work from home, but when I'm home, I'm gonna be home. I don't wanna be working when I'm home. So that's why I stay at the office and I work here. When I'm home, I try to be home. 
You talked a few minutes ago about winning a listing against three other real estate agents. How? What do you say at a listing appointment that somebody wants you over the other three agents? Well, I think uh, with like this last one, she just liked um, she liked the way we went about things. We were a little more aggressive with with things. Um, you know, she had bought a house through uh, an, another agent, and shockingly, she didn't call that agent because she just didn't have any confidence that they were going to be that uh, aggressive. You know, I always tell people, listen. If your house sells in a day, you know, I, I feel bad because maybe I could have got 10 grand more, you know, if it would have, say, taken, you know, 30 days. You know, some agents want them to sell quick. I, I just want to make sure I get the most amount of money possible for somebody. Um, so when I'm talking to them, I, I relay that. And, you know, that's my biggest thing is I, I want to get as much money as I can for them. Mm -hmm. I really don't want it to sell in a day because then I always think that I leave money on the table for my client. Mm -hmm. But again, this market that we just went through, it's insane. You know, you could put a number on anything and, you know, people were paying it and they're paying mm -hmm. above it. It just, trying to price properties I found in the last year has been really difficult. Mm -hmm. How do you price the property? Are you using like one of the automated valuation tools or are you going into MLS looking at the information? Yeah, so I, 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 I'll be honest, I do a lot with RPR. I mm -hmm. love that program, but then... So I'll start with RPR and then I'll back out of that. So, you know, that'll give me an idea. Then I'll just do my own CMA. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I'll check other things, you know, uh, I'll check Zillow or I'll check, you know, um, you know, all the local comps right around in the area. And then, you know, right now, obviously there's no inventory. So literally the one I'm closing on um, that, that referral I told you guys about, about like 620, the highest price condos sold in this development was like 575. Hmm. And when I went to meet the guy, he's like, well, I, you know, I, I think I want 599. Like, well, that's going to set a new record. And I don't know if we're in that market anymore, you know? And he's like, all right. So we, we ended up settling, I think on 590, mm -hmm. I think it was. And we ended up getting five offers, you know, when like 30 grand over asking price, um, it was just insane, you know? And I didn't think the demand was going to be there. For this particular complex mm. but it was i was totally wrong you know and if i'm wrong i'll admit it too you know um and i, I you know i prep myself for that I'm like listen i'm looking at data and i think i know the data but i can't measure what people are willing to pay above and beyond mm -hmm. you know, what the comps say what about technology i know for example there's an app you use if you're up against somebody. So normally you will always know if you're up against somebody else, correct? On a listing? Yes, I do ask that question because I want to know. And I, you know, I, I'm, I tell them, listen, I'd like to know who my competition is. Mm -hmm. So I do use um, HomeSnap, okay, um, to research other people's production. Mm -hmm. um, again, it gives you a two-year running average, um, but I do use that. And um, I want to know who my competition is so I can basically use their inexperience against them, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'll show them my production and I'll show whoever they're having, you know, had to come in, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, but I always push the fact that, you know, it's not just me again, you're getting a team behind me. Okay. That's huge. You know? Um, and again, like we do pretty much drone footage and, you know, pictures, professional pictures for every single listing we take down. 
Um, and they love that. So, you know, we're, we're really a one-stop shop because I do everything in the house right here. Mm -hmm. What happens if it's a hundred thousand dollar condo, are you still going to do professional photos? Yeah, I will. <laughs> unless, unless it's a mess, mm -hmm. you know, like a lot of times we'll just do one photo mm -hmm. and then, you know, then I got to, I dread that too, because then we get the, the phone calls. Why is there only one picture? You know, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's like, Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so for hundred thousand dollars, like I said, it all depends on the on the condition, but it might only be a couple pictures. Any other technology that you depend on for your business? Um, obviously, you know my phone is huge, my laptop. Um, that's really it. You know, um, I actually, you know what? You turned me on to this a long time ago. I believe it or not, I'm still using. Uh, hold on, let me let me pull it up because I'm drawing a blank now on the on the um on the email i still use email believe it or not yeah. <laughs> i still use it too <laughs> yeah and people love it because it announced it, it says hey stacy dan is on his car right now mm -hmm. but i still love that and people uh they're like oh my god how did they know you know how did mm -hmm. that know my name but um that that's been great because you know you can it, it, you know it, it sends it into text message and it also you know it deciphers it through an email for you too so um, I can forward that off to the right people that I need to, but mm -hmm. yeah, that's, it's, it's a great, you know, tool for me. In addition to selling your own real estate, you also run a real estate team. Uh, what does that look like? Like, are there meetings? How do you select people for your team? How do you keep people motivated? All right. So keeping people motivated is very difficult. So I try to lead by example. I hope that people they see what I'm doing and they'll want to do just like I am. Um, but I used to have team meetings. I don't do that anymore. Um, it's just, it got too difficult and you know, the um, it's, it's hard. So basically my door is open. If you need me, come see me, call me, whatever. If you're on my team, um, I always, you know, if you can't get me, you can get my assistant Don, uh, but we're always available. One of one, one or two of us anyways. Um, and, you know, I always let people know, Get me in the morning. That's the best time to get me from say 7.30 to 8.30 before the day really hits. You know, that's a good time for me um, to sit down. And But I always make time for people, um, you know, throughout the day if they need me. You just mentioned that you have an assistant. So is that like a paid, like a salary? Somebody's there all day. What does the assistant do for you? Yeah, they're a salaried employee. So they're basically an extension of me. Mm -hmm. um, so they're there to basically support me and the team. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the, a lot of the questions actually um, filter through him. Um, you know, he's he's been he's been great. We actually, if you come to buy the Drinking Office Stakes, we just literally my wife came in yesterday and we redid the entire office upstairs here. Awesome. I moved my office to a different one and we we moved about fifteen desks around. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it looks totally different now. <laughs> When it comes to keeping agents motivated, first, my first question is, we're at a time of year right now. First of all, a shifting market. The market's very different than it was over the last two years. Um, and like realtor dues are coming due. We're starting to see agents just get out of the business. Who should get out of the business, by the way? Well, if you can't talk to people, you're never going to do this business. If you can't go strike up a conversation with a complete stranger and prospect for business, you shouldn't be here. 
You know, um, you have to be comfortable talking to people. If you can't be comfortable, you know, speaking with a complete stranger, then I don't know how you're ever going to do this business. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a business where it, it's, it's all about people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you got to treat them right, do the right thing. Um, you got to look them in the eye. You know, uh, if you can't look people in the eye like that, I always notice that if, you know, agents, you know, when you're talking to them, if they can't look in the eye, then, you know, it's like, all right, like, you know, they, they can work on it, but you know, there's just like a lot of little things, you mm-hmm. know, when I went to, um, what do you call it? College, I had a minor in so- psychology and sociology. So like a lot of that stuff, I, you know, I kind of learned, you know, back in college. That I kind of uh, it's a good point because one thing I know I'm going to ask you in a second about what a day looks like for you, but I know you get there. You, you're the first one to the office every day. Like you don't show up in sweatpants. You're like ready to work. Even if there's no appointment, you're ready for an appointment. Yeah. Because listen, the phone rings, you know, um, when the phone rings, you got to be ready. I, I granted I'm not in a suit every day, but I am, presentable enough where, you know, um, I can get a listing if I need to, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, it's funny to watch how this business has changed over the past, you know, few years and, you know, uh, jeans is so much more acceptable nowadays, but Mm -hmm. I'm always, you know, dressed, you know, uh, appropriately. Let's put it that way. And most of your clothes alert people that you're in real estate. You know, that is, yeah. So I do have a lot of layer gear. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great conversation starter. You know, I always try to um, wear something, you know, because people will ask you, like, I'm not a name tag guy. I've never been a name tag guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not smashing those people. But, you know, if you have something with, you know, layer of real estate, you know, um, you know, why not wear it and get the conversation started? You know, it's something that don't be a secret agent, right? Was that a book or Yes. Yeah. yeah, don't be a secret agent. Let people know you're an agent, you know? Um, Let's talk about conversations because that's really one of the very interesting pieces of your business and things might've changed. So I'll ask you about that in a second, but over the years of building this massive business. So for anybody that came on late, like Dan's team did $90 million in transactions this year. Uh, and a big chunk of that is just you, Dan. I know you have a big team, but you do most of the business on the team. And what's really interesting from having you on in past uh, webinars is that it wasn't built by spending millions of dollars on Zillow. It wasn't built by doing like huge marketing and mailing campaigns. And for many years, I don't know if this has changed uh, you didn't even have a database at all. So literally like it's been the facts that you talk to people all day long. So I'm curious, let's just say you're at a restaurant and you hear the person three down from you is having a conversation about they're thinking about selling their house. It's not your conversation. Do you, do you go say something? And what do you say? Yeah, unfortunately I, I will jump in. Um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, ask them where their house is, um, ask them if they have an agent, but yeah, I, I, I have been guilty of 
jumping into that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny you mentioned that because I will go to breakfast or to lunch by myself a lot and sit at the counter and just listen, you know, um, because, you know, that's something, well, one, that's part of my recharge too is, you know, I, I'll go out and just, you know, grab a quick 30 minutes, you know, get out of the office uh, by myself just to refresh. But again, um, that's something that I do that works for me um, because, you know, I've, I, I'm always going to different restaurants too, by the way. And, you know, uh, I've gotten, I've sold so many different waitresses or business owners houses over the years, you know, cause they see me, I'm always in the layer of stuff. So they always ask questions, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you do real estate. Yeah, of course, you know, um, but you know, it's, it's something where I will insert myself and just, just, just be a normal person. Don't try to sell yourself or do anything. Just talk about it, you know, and then get them to, you know, ask open-ended questions where, you, you know, you can get them to start talking more, you know, um, I always tell this to, you know, my, my team is, I always want them to make, make phone calls, call somebody you haven't talked to in six, six months and just say, Hey, listen, I just drove by your house and I was just thinking of you and, and so on and so forth. And, and then, you know, you're talking about them and then eventually they're going to say, Hey, by the way, how are you doing? Mm. That's when you can kind of segue your, your, your way into real estate, you know, so as agents, I don't think we, we do that enough, you know, mm-hmm. uh, especially new agents, you know, I, I, I love new agents because I love the questions they ask me. I love them teaching them and seeing them take off. Um, I just, I like to help, help people. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of the joys I get is to see an agent make their first sale or, you know, um, get their first client, you know, but it just, you know, this business is great. And hopefully people, uh, you know, um, well, stay still you know stay in this business because it's mm-hmm. it's going to get tough mm-hmm. next this year is going to be really rough for a lot of people mm-hmm. in past interviews i've done with you you didn't have a database and you weren't oh, doing yes, any right. type of marketing do you have one now okay so yes i uh, well for years i had top producer i was paying for something i wasn't using um so part of the coaching program i was in a few years back um, I ended up uh, getting Line Desk. I went from Line Desk to Sierra Interactive. So right now I'm using Sierra Interactive, and, and what that does too is it, it is a it's a lead generation because uh, it's, it's got a lot of different lead generation uh, aspects to it, and it ties into a lot of my referral companies, which is fantastic because you know uh, everything just downloads right to it. It just dumps right into it. It makes my life so much easier now. Um, and plus all my teams on it too. So I keep them on it. Gotcha. All right. What does a day in the life of Dan O'Connell look like? We know you're at the office early, but what does a typical day look like? All right. So again, like, you know, I'll roll out of bed somewhere right around 530. I I go down to my, uh, garage. I'll work out. I have a sauna down there. Um, you know, I have a treadmill, so I'm always listening to something motivational and then, so I'm usually trying to get to the office. Well, let, let me back up. So I usually try to get out of my house about 7.15 or so. Then I head straight to the construction site. I'll do about an hour at the construction site, going through all the different houses that, that are going on, make sure that, um, you know, we didn't miss something, you know, like a window here or a door there or whatever, but just checking with all of the um, contractors. And then from there, I'm usually trying to get to the office around 8.30ish. Um, and that's really when my day starts. Um, at the office. So I'm here, you know, for the first, 
our, say I'll go through emails, um, see what's pressing, then we'll go through our pipeline and, you know, see what's closing, you know, do we have to do any smokes, you know, are we all set, do we have, you know, 60s, you know, just basically, I want a nice smooth transaction, so I want to make sure that we're looking at that every day. And then, you know, we'll look at, okay, any new listings kind of, you know, came up. We always check and see what a, what buyer has been the most active on the website looking at their listings, you know, because then we want to make sure we're paying close attention to those people that are, you know, on there every single day or, you know, maybe they went away for 30 days and they just came back. So we'll look at our buyer activity. Um and then basically throughout the day, it's just, you know, returning phone calls and, you know, trying to generate business any way I can. You know, like today, for example, um, I got a listing uh, in Wayland from a contact I made back in 2007 at a, a conference out in Colorado. Um, the asset manager, you know, called because we've kept in touch via uh, Facebook. And, you know, he's a big uh, Broncos fan. I'm a big Patriots fan. And we always had a little rivalry going. And, uh, you know, he... He messaged me this morning and said, hey, I want a listing in uh, in Patriot Country. I'm like, send it over. Mm. And sure enough, it's it's going to be, I don't know, probably five, dollars $600,000 house in Wayland, if not more. Mm. Actually, going to be, could be a good flip for somebody too. Mm. Um, and, you know, basically, I usually wrap up my day right around 5.30ish. Um, you know, this time of year, obviously, it gets dark early. It can get a little depressing, but, you know, I... I usually stay here and just get as much done as I can set myself up for the next day. A uh, few more questions before we wrap up today's program. One thing that's interesting, the, those babies that you wanted to spend time with, which got you into real estate are actually in your business now. Um, yeah. Any advice you have for other real estate agents who are thinking about bringing family into a business? Well, you know what? One thing I would make sure of before you start bringing people in, make sure you have enough business to do that. Okay. Um, like I see a lot of agents, you know, they, they want to bring on a, a, you know, another agent or another assistant, but if you're not, you know, if you can't keep them busy, if you don't have, if you're not overflowing with business yourself, then don't do it, you know? Um, but you know, if you got a son or daughter, or, you know, relative, you know, I, I mean, I always, um, offer them first say listen why don't you come spend a day with me see what this business is really like before you do it you know uh, actually it's funny i just had a uh, uh, central catholic student yesterday come and spend three hours with me hmm. she's a junior she said i want to be in this business so i said no right, come come take a you know come come look at it she sat in on three meetings with us and sent me a nice little text last night saying i can't wait till i turn 18 you know basically she wants to you know get in the business hmm. um but I've had people that have come, you know, spend the day with me and then not get in the business because it's not what you see on HGTV or, or whatever, you know. But if you have somebody that's looking to get in the business, have them come sit with you first or have them spend a day with you or have them come spend a day with somebody else, you know, see if, I mean, like I said, I, I always have people tag along with me quite a bit because um, there's nothing worse than having somebody in this business that doesn't belong here. You know, um, you know, one thing about like I'd like to see in the future is us raise the bar as realtors. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's too easy to get into our business. Um, it, you know, it, it's something where, you know, we all need to take this a lot more serious. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's the biggest purchase of people's lives, you know. Trainers, coaches, books, podcasts, anything that sticks out that you highly recommend to other agents? Um, I tell you what, any of the financial ones, like, um, I subscribe to a lot of different things on YouTube. Um, I'm just trying to see here uh, off the top of my head. Um, uh, like any financial supplies, obviously Joe Rogan's jumping to the top of my, mm-hmm. my thing, but um, like I said, there's a lot of great stuff out there. If you guys want, I can email you what I listen to after, but I, I'm not a good book reader. I'll be honest with you. Um, I do love movies that you know have to do with you know, real estate or sales or anything like that, but uh, I cannot read a book to save my life. You know, I think I've read it know five books in the last 15 years it just i can't get through one mm-hmm. my phone my phone's always ringing or whatever so uh i try but i can't anything that you can think of from your last 20 plus years in business that was just a complete waste of time or money that you'd say don't do this well i would well personally i would never invest in a restaurant again <laughs> that's why <laughs> one thing i wish i would have did is you know i wish i would have bought rental property earlier in my career you know um you know uh i wish i would have done a few more flips here and there along the way but um you know what one thing that really was good for me was i switched coaches every couple of years um you know, take what you can learn from somebody and then just jump, you know, because there's so many, so many people out there and everybody looks at things differently. Take, take a little bit from everybody. And that's why when I, um, when I used to call those people on the top 25 list, I learned like, you know, one thing from everybody, you know, a little different. And I kind of use that to my advantage. Um, you know, being with the same coach for 30 years, it's kind of, you know, things get recycled, I think over time. And I think if you keep challenging yourself, go, you know, with different people and, you know, obviously step outside your comfort zone, you know, um, that's one thing I do a lot. Um, I could use to do a lot more of it too, but, um, I just started, you know, uh, reach out to a lot more people that I didn't before, you know? Uh, so when you start a conversation or you go to a restaurant by yourself, is it uncomfortable for you? Yeah. Cause I, listen, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm kind of a shy guy, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I, 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 so it doesn't come natural. You oh, just force yourself because it's part of your not. business. Definitely not. You know, um, yeah, it's something where, you know, it takes work, but you got to force yourself to do it. It's just like eating good. You got to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm constantly challenging myself, like, uh, with different things, you know, like today, you know, today's my 24 hour fasting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to eat all day. I, you know, I got black coffee right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, I always try to, do something to, you know, to, to challenge myself. Can, can I do this? You know, can, can you do the extra rep or, you know, stay in the hour, right? You know, do an extra, you know, couple of mailings or, you know, um, extra couple extra phone calls, you know, mm. you said, you know, I was going to do 10 calls today, do 12, you know, challenge yourself, you know, um, any way you can just to keep yourself, you know, invigorated. And are you ever completely off? Like if you're on vacation or you're out on a golf course, are you ever completely off? Um, 
Okay, so golf, uh, yes, kind of. Um, I'll check my phone in between holes. So no, no, you're not off, okay? Yeah, on I mean, vacation. But, yeah, on vacation, no, I, I mean, I'm always connected. I gotta be honest, I'm not gonna lie to people. I, I you know, like every Tuesday afternoon is my golf day. Um, that's when I golf, but um, I'm never really, I'm never off 100%, which, I, and I'm, listen, I'm completely fine with it. Um, this is what I chose to do, and um, I like doing it, but no, I'm, not, I'm never 100% off. Mm -hmm. But what makes it worth it, I think, is that you do schedule a lot of time. In today's sales meeting, I said, what's interesting about high performers, most of them take way more vacation than all the people who said they don't have time for a vacation. Yeah. So I took six vacations last year. Mm -hmm. um, I've already taken one this year. I was in Aruba last week. I already have four more scheduled in the first six months of this year. Hmm. So I am definitely making sure, you know, and again, to me, a perfect vacation is four to five days. That's mm -hmm. great. You know, get out of here four or five days, you know, go down, golf, you know, sit on the beach, whatever you want to do. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. And don't ask me why, but it seems like every time I schedule a vacation, people call. I don't know. It's weird. And then last question. What are you doing today that's going to impact your business a year from now or even five years from now? Well, I'm answering my phone. Um, I am, you know, talking to my past clients. Um, you know, it's something where I, I am getting better now at reaching out to my past clients where I never really did that before. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been getting much better at delegating uh, to my uh, assistants. Um, you know, it's, it's something where I, I, like, I'm letting go of things. So, mm -hmm. and letting other people take the ball and run with it. That's what's really helping me with my business is, you know, I'm, I'm not a control freak anymore. Like I used to be. Gotcha. All right. That's the end of our program, but I'll leave the next couple of minutes for you, Dan. What, what other advice or parting words do you have for everybody that joined us today? Well, I see some of the attendees. I mean, do they have any questions? You know, uh, if they want to throw any questions out there, but um, I'd be happy to answer them. But if they don't have any questions, I mean, obviously, I, um, you know, you know, I'll, I'll, you're around. You're happy to meet yeah. with people and yeah, share ideas and feedback. But you're probably what's interesting about your business, and I think this is like definitely answering the phone, but definitely like consistency and repetition of little things. I always say what's interesting about this business, it's little things that you need to do, but, and the challenge is that what's easy to do is equally easy not to do. Yeah. So, and too often people just don't do it. And it's just simple, little repetitive items. Oh, and that's what you're good at. Like you just consistently do it every single day. If you have a problem, confront it. Don't let it fester. You know, if you know, say the deal just fell apart, you know, you like, you don't want to call the seller. Um, whatever it could be, it could be a bad home inspection. Just deal with it right away. That's one mm -hmm. thing I think agents, you know, I, I see it, you know, they're like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Just, just deal with it head on. Don't delay that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that's one thing, you know, over the years, you know, you dread it, you dread making some of those phone calls, but just do it. 
just get out of the way and, and, and you know, move on. Uh, you know, faster you can put that stuff behind you, the better. Do you ever fire a client? And what would it take to fire a client? Yeah, I have. Um, you know, it's really, if they're not going to be reasonable, um, we just can't work together. You know, um, you know, I'll be honest, I don't do a lot with investors uh, because I choose not to because I don't want to write up 10 offers on, on five different properties, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, you know, some people, they make a lot of money off investors. I'm not one of them. I, I just don't have the time. Um, you know, I'm not saying not to, but just, you know, some investors, like I have fired in the past because they want me to do that. And I just, mm-hmm. I just you know, I don't have the time. If they want to pay me per, you know, per offer, great. Mm-hmm. But um, I just can't do it. it, it you know. Uh, I just actually had one where, you know, it was a new construction. They uh, complained about the allowances and, you know, we, we had the Perkins agreement all set and it was signed and they, you know, they started doing their due diligence going out to all of the people. And it was one thing after another. I said, listen, I go, it sounds like you're not happy. Why don't we just cut ties right now? Cause I'm not going to go through this conversation, mm-hmm. you know, every day for the next six months. And um, I, t- I talked to the builder, the builder was completely fine with us, you know, um, part ways with this particular builder. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, hold on, I got a question here. Where is a good place to look for developable? Listen, go into public records, type in land. Okay, there's, there's a drop down. You can do single family, condo, multifamily land. Go into your public records. Go to your um, engineering department. Uh, or your assessor's department at, at your local town hall. They have maps there. You can look and see where buildings are and where they're not. You can do that, or you can just go on you know, public records and do the land search. Um, that's one thing I did a lot, Stace, when I first got in the business. Use all of the, press all the buttons in MLS. Like mm-hmm. you could work your way around. That front page has so much information, like in tools, everything. Mm-hmm. You guys gotta like, you're not going to screw anything up. Just, just start going to play with everything on MLS. You know, um, I love the market reports, you know, mm-hmm. the market report section is fantastic. Yes. You know, um, we should actually, you know, do that some days and run a class and just talk about that. Yes. How people can go on there. Yeah. Just using That's, the tools that you already have. Yeah. So and much it's, information. It's great content to put on mm-hmm. Facebook is to just go on to, you know, the market reports, mm-hmm. you know, doing an area market survey and say, hey, there's this many houses uh, for sale in, say, Burlington or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and it gets people, you know, looking at you and, and, and talking to you, you know. Gotcha. Well, that is all the time we have. Diana Paquette sent in a nice uh, chat for you saying that you're super inspiring and great well, at what thanks, you do. Diana. Uh, and I want to thank you for spending the last 60 minutes with us. We wish you luck on your fast today. Thank you. Yeah. I'll be a little grouchy a little bit later, but I'll get through it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Dan. And thank you to everybody who joined us for today's how to build a $10 million business. You can get the replay of this and our past how to build a $10 million business at youtube.com backslash layer training. So thanks again, Dan, and have a great day, everyone. Bye, guys.